an epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome into Fantasy Pros. This is the Fantasy Football Podcast. Tara Roberts here along with Pat Fitzmorris and Billy Muzio. And today we are doing our ranking show. We'll be going through the Fantasy Pros ranking tiers for week three. Pat and Billy will provide their thoughts on players in each tier, and there's no better pair to provide analysis on rankings because Billy was the number four overall most accurate in-season fantasy football ranker in 2022 and has consistently done well in our accuracy competition. Pat is was the most accurate ranker in-season weekly ranker in 2020 and has been consistently among the most accurate rankers in fantasy football. You can find Billy at FF Muzio and Pat at FF at Fitz underscore FF. And you can find me at It's Terra Time. So buckle in because their insight is absolutely going to help you with your fantasy matchups this week. Before we get started, don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. Now, guys, you know, Heading into week three, Pat, how are you feeling? Oh, uh, not coming off a great rankings week this week, Tara. And, uh, you know, I'm dealing with a couple of 0-2 teams. So, uh, you know, it's been kind of a rough, uneven start. But, um, you know, there have been some other highlights. The the player props wagering has been going pretty well. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's just I'm welcoming this new flood of data we're getting. And, uh, you know, just trying to follow where it leads us. I feel that. Billy, how about you? Yeah, fantasy teams are coming off strong, have some some great starts inside of the FFPC, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, and then also had a good prop week as well. Ranking week, not so not so great again, but um, this is what we're collecting the data for, as Pat said, right? We get two, three weeks of data. It really starts to give us a better understanding of how teams are utilizing players, get a, a large synopsis of target share for teams, and we can kind of refine those processes and, and really start to hunker down on the weekly rankings. And so looking forward to getting more data for week three, that's where my model kind of becomes complete. And then we get that three-week data form instead of using just two, and uh, we can start you know really rolling and so i'm excited for this week of data and see what happens around the nfl with running backs i'm extremely excited for it too we are going to go over the running backs running backs by the way guys you can find our consensus rankings at fantasypros.com ranking so make sure you go check that out after the show we will start off with the s tier but Before we actually dive into these rankings, we have to talk about the big news that is going on right now. Obviously, Kareem Hunt down with an injury, and the Browns have officially signed, literally right before the show, Kareem Hunt. One-year deal, up to $4 million. Let's talk about how this affects the fantasy value for Jerome Ford, Pierre Strong. What are we expecting out of Kareem Hunt? How are we attacking this? Because we've got, you know, we just put in our waiver claims. We just made all those strong bids for Jerome Ford. Pat, are you <laughs> concerned about those giant waiver claims that everyone just made? How, how are you feeling about this Kareem Hunt signing? 
I am concerned about those giant waiver claims people made for Ford. It's not entirely tied to the Kareem Hunt signing. I mean, I think the, the Browns already made their choice in the offseason, and they chose to keep Jerome Ford around and, and not pursue Kareem Hunt. There were reports they thought he had maybe lost a step, but now um, they did need some depth. Boy, I don't know what it does for Pierre Strong. I think anyone who spent money uh, on, on him in waivers might have been lighting fab on fire. But the bigger issue I have with Ford is that People are getting him now, and he has a really tough four weeks coming up. Um, matchups against Tennessee, Baltimore, then a bye, then the 49ers. So uh, Tennessee and the 49ers, indisputably two of the most difficult run defenses in the NFL. And the Ravens, uh, top 10 in DVOA against the run right now. They're, they're above average for certain, maybe even better than that. So yeah, I mean it's you might not see the um you know the the fab bids on Ford payoff until week 8 and then it might be kind of a split with Kareem Hunt. I don't think Ford was ever going to be like an 80% snap share guy. So, um might be a split backfield on the bright side. The Browns look pretty good. They can play defense, so they're going to be a lot of run-friendly game scripts. And Ford himself looked really good on Monday night against the Steelers. So, I mean, I think he's going to have flex value every week. But um, tough stretch to start for Ford here with the matchups. And then he's going to have Kareem Hunt cutting into his workload. Billy, out of these, you know, out of, let's say, Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford, how how are you approaching it? Who do you prefer? Yeah, I prefer Jerome Ford, especially on on the early downs. I think where Kareem Hunt's going to start to eat into the touches is going to be in the passing down uh, section, as well as red zone. We saw Kareem Hunt being heavily utilized in favor of Chubb last year in red zone situations because of his dual threat ability. I think that they probably go back to that uh, method because it worked. And I know that he did lose a step. You saw it on film. You see it in the analytics. But um, things change when you lose a, a back caliber like Nick Chubb for the season. And um, I think that Kareem Hunt will probably utilize on goal lines and uh, probably eat into that third down workload. So I think it definitely caps the upside of Jerome Ford. I think that it, it just completely uh, nukes the Pierre Strong upside. And I think that he is going to be relegated back to to the third back and, and, and potentially be um, worked in at times, but it's going to be a lot less than what we were expecting prior to the signing. And I think that Hunt now will probably gain flex appeal as we start to get into uh, the bye weeks and as more injuries uh, amass during the season. Assuming that Kareem Hunt comes in healthy and doesn't need any ramped up ramp up time period, um, are we avoiding both of these guys against Tennessee? Is this even a, is even in deep lakes? Is this a direction that you want to head at all with either one of them? I think that I'm still very interested in Jerome Ford. Uh, we have Kareem Hunt. I mean, he does have familiarity with the offense, but uh, he's coming in on a short turnaround to get with the team, to get up to speed, uh, get acclimated with uh, this year's playbook and style. So I think that Jerome Ford's probably going to see that 40 to 45% of the rushing share, potentially slightly more, probably sees more of that 4 to 5% of the target share. So I think that Jerome Ford is still very much in play this week. Um, I would not be starting Kareem Hunt this week unless I'm in the most desperate of situations. Um, maybe you have a Barkley-Chubb team and you don't really have another running back to start. And so I think then you could make an argument that Hunt could be maybe slotted into that lineup, but it's going to be a very dire situation if you're starting Hunt this week. And I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't expect much. 
Yeah, I mean, we we might need a week just to get Hunt into game shape, like a week of conditioning. Yeah. I'm not sure he's active, but um, Billy, where do you have Ford ranked this week? I think I'm at RB27, just because I kind of hate the matchup. Yeah, Ford came in on my projections. It was 21, I believe. Let me, I can double check that, but it was, it was, in the, it was in the low 20s. Well, speaking of Kareem, or speaking of uh, Saquon Barkley and Nick Chubb, these were guys that were very high up in the tiers last week. So I won't hold us up any longer. We'll go ahead and jump into those tiers. And we'll start off with the S tier, the most spectacular tier. We've got Christian McCaffrey at the top, coming off a fantastic game. I mean, the utilization for him has been absolutely insane. Last week, 20 carries over 100 yards, a touchdown. And this week, he is getting the New York Giants. Tony Pollard as well, coming off an excellent performance against the New York Jets, surprisingly. It was the receptions that kind of put him over the edge there. And then we close out the S tier with B. John Robinson, over 100 yards last week against Green Bay. Fantastic performance. We don't really have any kind of, you know, dissenting opinions in this one. We all really agree that these are, you know, premier running backs. But we do have a little controversy in the A tier, so we'll go ahead and jump on down to that one and start off with Derrick Henry. In the A tier, top of the A tier, 25 carries, 80 yards, touchdown, three receptions against the LA Chargers. Then we have Kenneth Walker as well in the in the A tier. Low yardage, but he did have a day salvaged by two touchdowns. Travis Etienne, very disappointing game after a strong week one performance, ended up with less than 10 fantasy points. Josh Jacobs, also kind of on that same track. He is sitting in the A tier still, but he is coming off of his second sub-10 fantasy point performance. Joe Mixon. 13 carries, 59 yards, and decent save by receptions as well. And then we close out the A tier with Ramondre Stevenson. Just 50 yards on the ground, but he did get a touchdown. Gave us a nice mid-RB2 performance. Guys, I want to pull out Derek Henry on this one as a player that we want to talk about. Pat, you have him ranked at RB4. ECR has him ranked at RB4. Billy, you have him ranked at RB8. Any concerns there for him? Yeah, it just breaks down to his overall snap shares this year. He's just not seeing the snaps that we once saw from from uh, this offense, and and Tajay Spears has been eating into that a bit. Um, and it's it just breaks down to the numbers for me. I mean, forty seven point six percent snap share on the season right now. That's RB thirty uh, opportunity share at seventy two percent, which is still fairly high, but that's RB twelve. It's not near the top three, top four that we used to see from him on a week to week basis. And weighted opportunities, he saw thirteen point seven, which is RB twenty. Um, and the team just isn't running the ball um, as much. So they had you know team run plays per game right now is at twenty two which is 24th in the league. Um, you know, once we saw this number higher in the 30s and um, when when this offense is is looking a little different than what we were expecting to start the season, um, the numbers are being adjusted, you know, as as we get more data in on the Excel sheet. And um, I think we have to make those adjustments now. You know, Derek Henry is a big name and has been kind of the leading rusher and in, in, in King Henry, I mean, for a reason. Um, but so far to date, only 20 carries where he would see that, I'm mean, sorry, 40 carries where he would see 25 to 30 in a game before so he's rb 13 in total carries um he's rb 26 in targets so the overall volume just isn't there like it has been in the past pat how about you yeah i understand billy's point of view here um ty j spears is playing maybe more than people thought he was going to play and um we also don't love the matchup against the browns 
the Browns run defense was bad last year. The Browns run defense looks really good this year. Like this has turned into a complete defense and not just sort of a run funnel defense because last year pretty good against the pass, not so good against the run. Now it's a complete defense. So I'm not eager to use Derrick Henry in DFS this week. Um, but I think what we like is that he's still probably locked in for 15 plus touches and Derrick Henry cashes in on the volume more often than not. Volume is key here. I think a lot of times we we got these running backs that have that high upside play, but sometimes we're looking at them only getting 10 to 13 carries. You got to rely on receptions. And sometimes it's just nice to have that guy that you know you can rely on for the volume. He does have a little bit of receiving upside. We do see Tajay Spears cutting into that. We'll go ahead and jump down to the next here. But before we do that, Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody is missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the action in NFL in week two with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now. Use code FANTASYPROS to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code FANTASYPROS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right, guys, we will jump into this B tier. I like a lot of names in this B tier, but it's kind of interesting and very controversial. Uh, we start off with Jameer Gibbs, obviously looking to step into that lead back role in week three with David Montgomery dealing with side injury or the thigh injury. We've got low yardage from him last week, but the reception's very key from him. Could have an interesting, um, interesting week where he could jump up into one of those higher tiers. We've got James Cook as well coming off of a breakout game. Over 100 yards, four receptions on four targets. No touchdown, unfortunately. We're still seeing the involvement from Latavius Murray and Damian Harris, but still a premier back. Raheem Mostert, fantastic game. Over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Kyron Williams in his game, his first game officially without Cam Akers, who is on the trade block now. Excellent in a tough matchup against San Francisco. Then we've got Miles Sanders as well. Less than 50 yards on the ground. That one is very interesting. Uh, he's been an RB3 so far, but he is a lead back. So he is checking in in this B tier. And then we close out the B tier with DeAndre Swift, who stepped into a massive role last week, taking over for injured Kenneth Gainwell. 28 carries, 175 yards, and a touchdown. I think we need to talk about that one here. Uh, DeAndre Swift, the performance last week was incredible. Let's talk about whether or not we're buying into it. And Pat, Billy, you guys are kind of lockstep here. You've got him as RB21. ECR has him as RB15. The consensus is feeling a little bit more positively about him. Billy, how are you looking at DeAndre Swift this week? 
This is a bit of a hedge. Um, we saw the volume last week, 28 carries, because there was no Gainwell. Um, and until further notice, I am projecting Gainwell to play this game. And if he is in, in the mix, then I don't think we can expect to see 28 carries um, and the overall workload that we saw from DeAndre Swift. Um, beginning of the season, um, I had said if Swift ever got the workload that Christian McCaffrey would get, he could easily become the RB1 in fantasy football. That being said, we cannot expect this type of volume to last all season with DeAndre Swift. The Eagles have just never done it. They always use two, three back rotations. Um, I don't expect that to change here in week three if we have a healthy Gainwell. Now, if Gainwell is out and if uh, Scott is out, and if it's just Rashad Penny, then, of course, DeAndre Swift is going to move up the rankings and we're going to see him probably closer to that RB10 range when everything is said and done just because of the volume. Tampa Bay, not an easy matchup, but the volume should help overcome that. Um, Got to like what he able to do on the ground last week. You, you mentioned it, the 175 yards, but that was a six six and a quarter yard per carry average, which is just outstanding. Um, but got to see what happens with the injury reports this week, and it'll help kind of uh, finalize the number as we approach the weekend. Pat, how about you? Yeah, Billy framed this pretty well. Um, I think we probably are going to see Kenneth Gainwell come back this week. He had nine days to rest uh, with that rib injury, and he was trying to – it was a short week for him in week two, so um, easy to understand why he had to be scratched then. I think he comes back, and it's a tougher matchup with the Buccaneers uh, instead of the Vikings, who DeAndre Swift trampled in week two. But yeah, in week one, we saw Gainwell outsnap Swift 41 to 19 and outtouch him 18 to 2. Now, I don't think we're going to see that sort of split in week three. The genie is kind of out of the bottle with Swift after that week two performance, um, unlike the Lions who like to keep the, the bottle sealed and keep the genie and all those gaseous vapors floating around in the bottle. Um, it's open now. So we're going to see more Swift for sure. But Gainwell is going to be involved, too, I think. Before we dive into the C tier, just a reminder, guys, if you want a chance to win a signed Debo Samuel San Francisco 49ers jersey, courtesy of bettingpros.com, your place to start betting smarter and not harder, you need to subscribe to the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel right now. Comment below on this video, and that is it. We'll be announcing the winner right here on the channel, so make sure you turn on those notifications so you can be alerted when new episodes are up and to claim your prize. Let's talk about the C tier here. Starts off with Brian Robinson, who is absolutely dominating the Washington backfield. Had 18 carries, 87 yards, two touchdowns, a little receiving work as well. He is pushing Antonio Gibson out and coming on strong. Then we've got Aaron Jones. Big week one coming off of that missed game in week two. Alexander Madison has had two very disappointing performances so far. Less than 50 rushing yards in each game. Hopefully he can bounce back here. Then we've got Najee Harris in this tier as well. Another player that has been disappointing. Five fantasy points in two weeks in a row. But a better matchup this week against the Las Vegas defense. Then we've got Isaiah Pacheco. Strong yards per carry. Almost six yards per carry, but just 12 carries for 70 yards. Not a lot adding in there. And then closing out. The C tier, we've got Rashad White, a strong week two performance. Finally got that yards per carry up, had 73 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown, and then five, five receptions on five targets. So let's talk about Rashad White here. You know, it, he's a funny one. You're either in or you're out on him. You believe or you don't. ECR has him at RB21. Pat, you've got him at RB20. And Billy, you're coming in strong at RB14 for him. Talk to us about Rashad White. 
I like Rashad White. Kind of a truther, so there's the disclaimer. That being said, got to like the usage. Carry share on the season right now at 50.7%. Target share at 10.9%. And we got to like his snap share, 78.5% snap share, which is RB5 in the league. And weighted opportunities at 133 Uh Overall, it's pretty clear he's the clear-cut number one in this backfield. We saw the injury um, this week to his other backfield mate, so it's going to increase his opportunity share as well. And I think that... Um, Although the matchup is tough, I think that the the strong front from the Philadelphia uh, front going to be kind of be bullying the the line here for Tampa Bay, um, and that's going to result in maybe a couple more dump offs this week for Rashad White. So, like his usage uh, from negative game script perspective, I think we're going to see him uh, a few more targets this week, which will boost bolster those numbers, uh, and I think that we're going to consistently see him in that fifteen to seventeen attempt uh, range on the ground. And so, overall, this cluster is. Pretty tightly knit um, from like running back 12 to running back 18, 19. And so if it's anyone's game inside this tier, and I think that Rashad White has as good a chance of anyone to finish near the top of it. Pat, how about you? Yeah, Rashad White is really polarizing. And we have seen a wide range of opinions from the fantasy community on whether or not Rashad White is actually good. And I'm not sure... I myself have drawn a conclusion either way on that, although I I tend to be optimistic about him. But we do know that volume is king with running backs. And Rashad White is one of only six running backs to have played more than 100 snaps through the first two weeks of the season. Hat tip to uh, Alex Caruso for pointing that out on Twitter. And Philadelphia, not an ideal matchup for Rashad White, but... White does have that dual run catch usage that I think makes him somewhat immune to negative game scripts. So, yeah, I've got him inside running back two range this week. All right, guys, football is back. It's week two and our fantasy season is in full swing. And while we love watching hours and hours of our favorite games on TV, there is nothing better than catching a game live and in person. And the best way to get tickets to any of these games is on Game Time, the official ticketing partner of Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football. For last-minute deals on tickets to see your favorite football team this September, download Game Time. And as you've heard us say before, it's not just football. Game Time has tickets to baseball, concerts, and comedy shows across the country. Download the Game Time app and redeem code Fantasy Pros for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the Game Time app and enter code Fantasy Pros, all one word, for $20 off. No matter where you live, get out and have some fun this week. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our next tier. We're going into the D tier. Some very interesting names in here. It's a big tier. I'll try to run through it fairly quickly. We got a lot of guys in here. James Conner coming off a big week, over 100 yards and a touchdown. Brees Hall on the opposite end, coming off a very disappointing week two after a big week one. Joshua Kelly, um, we talked about that Tennessee defense early. You know, he, he is excused for his performance last week against Tennessee. Eckler is still in question, so do keep that in mind. Zach Moss, 18 carries, 88 yards, one touchdown is the sole back for Indianapolis last week. We've also got Damian Pierce in this tier as well, continuing to struggle, unfortunately, with sub-10 fantasy points. 
And we're just hoping for better for him. We talked about Jerome Ford. He is in this tier. We've got Javante Williams as well. Not a big day against a tough Washington defense, but he did dominate in the carries. Red zone touchdown randomly went to Jaleel McLaughlin. We will forgive that. And then rounding out the D tier, Tyler Algier. Big letdown after week one. Just 4.8 fantasy points. Hopefully a bounce back this week. But I want to take us to someone who was very controversial offseason and remains controversial in our rankings. Javante Williams. Pat, you are on ECR with him. You both have him at RB28. Billy, RB15. I'm excited to hear this one. (laughs) A little defending here. I got to stand my ground on this one. Javante has just seen a massive workload and begin the season. I thought that they were going to ease him into things that we were going to see him uh, start the season, maybe a little light in terms of carries and targets. And that by week four or five, uh, we'd start to see him kind of unleash the beast, but that has not been the scenario. He's seen 56.8% of the carry share this season. He's seen 15.5% of the target share this season. So if this is their definition of easing him in, then I'm a little scared to see what his volume is going to look like once they fully unleash him. Uh, that being said, he just hasn't been the most efficient with the touches. And I think that that is due to to turn and flip here shortly. Um, we have seeded him with um, you know a lot of rushing attempts for this coming off this knee injury. I was thinking we we're going to see more like 8, 9, 10. We're seeing 12, 13 a game right now. I think that number starts to see closer to 14, 15, 16. We're going to see it slowly tick up, up, and up. Um, But his involvement in the passing game has been very consistent so far. And so we've seen, you know, right now he's receiver number eight right now in productivity and receiving yards. Uh, He's he's number 17 in targets on the season. Um, I think we're going to consistently see him get more and more usage as the season continues. And again, you got to like the overall implied total. Uh, This is one of the highest of the week. Again, I think it's number two or three in total implied total so we can probably see uh, a little bit more red zone attempts for for him I think this game is going to become a potential shootout and um, if we see that red zone usage that's all he's missing is a touchdown if we see a touchdown he easily hits this number I I like where you're heading with this one I'm not as aggressive on it but I I would have him above ECR on this one Pat how about you yeah, Billy mentioned that the usage trends have been surprisingly positive, especially in the passing game. That's a good thing for sure. Um, but it does st- still feel like maybe Sean Payton is being slightly judicious in the way he uses Javante coming off the major knee injury, just a 45% snap share in each of his first two games. But the good thing is, is he's getting the ball at a fairly high rate on the snaps that he does play. So um, I guess maybe my bigger concern, and Billy mentioned the not great efficiency to this point is just that maybe Javante is still only at about 80% of what Javante is normally at because he's a healthy Javante before that knee injury, man. I mean, he was just, when he got the ball, it was exciting. Like that was an explosive dude. And we just haven't seen that yet. So I'm being a little bit cautious with him in the rankings. I still think he's more in the flex territory than like in the, the must start zone. Let's dive into the E tier here. Khalil Herbert, guy, let's 
getting less than 10 carries every single game this season so far, seeing competition from Rashawn Johnson, so he finds himself in the E tier. We've also got Gus Edwards, who has uh, taken over-ish. I don't know, can we even say? It's it's a committee there in Baltimore. 10 carries, 62 yards, but he did get that touchdown, so he's got the edge here. A.J. Dillon, big disappointment as the lead back with Aaron Jones out in week two. And I did say the slight edge for Gus Edwards because we also have Justice Hill in this tier. Eight point, eight fantasy point performance in that committee. And then rounding out the E tier, Rashawn Johnson. Uh, Foreman was inactive last week. It felt like it was going to be a very positive situation for him, but hopefully maybe moving forward a little bit more, just four carries, but strong yards per carry and a couple of receptions as well does help him out. Now looking at this E tier, Let's talk about Gus Edwards here. We've got, you know, a little bit, a little bit dissenting opinions here from Billy. We've got Pat on uh, ECR at uh, RB31, Billy at RB32. Before I let Billy defend himself on this one, um, and I don't know if you even have to defend yourself because I kind of, you know, it's not that big of a leap considering that it is a committee. Um, Pat, how are you feeling about him? I do understand Billy's trepidation. I mean, Edwards is a the archetypal between the tackles grinder with very little upside in the passing game. And I generally like, I don't know, don't really enjoy starting those types of players. But the one thing that makes me feel a little bit more comfortable about starting this in between the tackle grinder with little pass catching upside is that he is favored. uh, His team is favored by more than a touchdown. This week, the the Ravens are eight point favorites at home against the Colts. Um, I think Gus Bus is a pretty safe bet for double digit carries this week in what's likely to be a run friendly game script. And, um, you know, we saw him score a one yard touchdown last week. It was Justice Hill scoring two touchdowns in week one. But I do think most of the time, if the Ravens are inside the five, it's going to be Gus in the backfield and not Justice Hill. Billy, how about you? Gus Edwards got lucky with a touchdown last week, and if doesn't score that, he's outside the top 40 at the position. Um, I just I don't have a lot of faith, and I don't like to rely on touchdowns when I'm doing this. And I think, to Pat's point, I do think that he probably has a higher chance than normal this week of scoring a touchdown, but I do think that Lamar Jackson could potentially take that at any given time. We saw the efficiency of Justice Hill in the red zone as well. Um, I just don't like Gus Edwards. And I, I think that Pat was pretty friendly when he, when he, when he called him a grinder. I, I, I used the word plotter. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I just don't think he's going to plot his way into the top 30 at the position. Uh, it's going to have to come with a touchdown because um, 10 touches is not going to get him there. And he's never been utilized in the passing game uh, from an efficiency metrics. He's just been absolutely horrible. 22% snap share opportunities share below 30% at 29.6 weighted opportunities at 4.8, which is RB 53. And so the metrics are completely against them. It's going to be heavily relying on red zone usage and a touchdown you bring up a really good point there we're looking for the touchdown for either one of these guys to really make an impact here and it could just be lamar jackson it makes complete sense all right we will round things out with the f tier here we've got jalen warren 
making an impact there with Pittsburgh. Six carries, 20 yards, but again, the big portion of his production, the receptions, four receptions on six targets, 66 yards, half of which came on a big catch from Kenny Pickett. Then we've got Dalvin Cook coming off of a .2 fantasy point performance. So yes, he finds himself in the F tier. He's lucky that we have put him there. Then we've got Matt Breida stepping in for Saquon Barkley and Samaje Pirine closing it out. Uh, we talked about Javante Williams. We've got strong snaps from Pirine, but we have seen Javante dominating in the carries last week. You know, closing out this F tier, let's talk about Jalen Warren. I mean, we had Najee Harris earlier. We've got Jalen Warren here who's been making an impact here. And it's just a matter of whether or not you believe in that impact. Um, RB35 for Pat ECR has him at RB35 as well. And Billy, you've got him at RB28. You're believing a little bit more in the impact. Yeah, definitely believing a little bit more in the impact. Got to like the matchup this week as well. Um, the biggest part in the surprising piece has been his heavily his heavy usage inside of the passing game. Um, we've seen him take on 16.2% of the target share this season, um, which is really eaten into Najee's overall workload. And if we watch the game this 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 last Monday, um, he just looks like the better back. And so I think that Pittsburgh is going to have to get him more touches on the ground to season. He's only seen 29% of the carry share, um, but that, that number is kind of closing. Uh, where in comparison to week one, Najee's seen 51.6% of the carry share. And so if we continue to see an uptick and usage on the ground uh, with the involvement in the passing game, then we can start to see some some real fantasy numbers start trickling in for Jalen Warren. Um, Got to like, like I said, the matchup against the the, the Las Vegas Raiders this week. Um, and without Deontay Johnson on the field, that usage in the passing game is going to continue. So I like Jalen Warren's skill set. I like what he brings to the team and kind of a different speed factor than Najee. And I think they get him more involved. Pat, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, so a lot of people seem to think the Jalen Warren takeover of the Pittsburgh backfield is imminent. I'm not really one of those people. I mean, I'm I'm not totally sure I agree with Billy that he has looked like the better back. I mean, he's averaging under three yards a carry, Jalen Warren is. Najee's over four. Uh, he's like at 4.6, but the success rate still hasn't been good for Najee. Like he's had maybe three runs of between 15 and 20 yards and, and the rest of it has been a lot of one and two yard gains. So it has not been pretty at all for the Pittsburgh offense in really any capacity. And maybe without Deontay Johnson around, that does bode well for Jalen Warren's usage in the passing game. Although I should point out that in week one, um, Pickett dumped off to Warren six times and those six targets produced 12 yards. So like it wasn't real glorious in week one. Um, you know, I, I do think he's inside the flex zone this week against the Raiders and Pittsburgh has had two really tough matchups to start the season, the 49ers and the Browns. So I'm a little reluctant to just totally pull the ripcord on Najee Harris right now, although I know a lot of people want to. And, um, you know, that goes for Jalen Warren, too. Maybe his rushing efficiency gets a little bit better against easier opponents. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I do think you can flex Warren. I'm just not like super enthusiastic about him being a bankable fantasy asset for week three. It makes a lot of sense. This matchup is this matchup is remarkably better than the first two that they've had to face. So we could see a little bit of increased production from him and Najee, but you know, which direction it goes, that's another story. Wide receivers. 
as a reminder, guys, the consensus rankings can be found at fantasypros.com slash rankings. So make sure that you go there after the show today to dive right in. And we'll start off with the S tier. It is a very solid tier, honestly. And it's got a lot of fantastic players in it. The S tier starts off with Justin Jefferson. 11 receptions on 13 targets and 159 yards. It's just another typical day for Justin Jefferson in his S tier as he leads it off, as he always does. Then we've got Tyreek Hill. This was more like a Tyreek Hill floor week. Five receptions on nine targets, 40 yards, a touchdown against New England. A tough matchup, but it's Tyreek Hill. He pulled through for us. Stefan Diggs, 7 of 7 for 66 yards. A.J. Brown, 6.9 fantasy points. He is wide receiver 44 right now. And this will be very interesting for us to talk about as well, comparing him to Devonta Smith. And then rounding out the S tier, CeeDee Lamb, 11 receptions, 13 targets, 143 yards against the Jets, a very difficult matchup. Could you be more locked in? Fantastic performance. And obviously we want to pull out here A.J. Brown is a guy that I want Billy and Pat to kind of discuss over because you guys, you know, are kind of feeling the same thing here. ECR has him at wide receiver four. Pat, you've got him at wide receiver eight. Billy, you've got him at wide receiver seven. Pat, what are your feelings? You know, are you are you worried about this start for A.J. Brown? Not worried. Had a touchdown taken away in week two when uh, a holding penalty by Rashad Penny nullified it. We did see A.J. Brown sort of giving Jalen Hurts the business on the sideline. Maybe he gets the squeaky wheel treatment this week. I, I guess the reason I have him behind ECR is just that I don't think there's much of a gap between A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, which is really, you know, I'm not... Uh, nothing damning about AJ Brown's performances. I just think Devonte Smith is pretty terrific too. So I've got them adjacent in my rankings this week, eight and nine. Billy, how about you? Yeah, I am lockstep here with, with Pat. We're seeing a 30.8% target share from AJ Brown, which is outstanding. But on the flip side, we're seeing a 28.8% target share from Devonte Smith. So there's literally a one, a one B situation now in Philadelphia and when we take a look at the implied total, Tampa Bay against Tampa Bay, 45 and a half. Uh, game script probably not going to be in the passing game's benefit. So this is going to be benefiting Swift more than it is A.J. Brown or Devonta Smith. Um, but I just don't think that um, he's going to be able to get to that top four, top three spot based upon this game script and what we're going to expect to see here for, for the Philadelphia game. So uh, slightly behind ADP, I agree with Pat here uh, uh, with, with the competition of targets with Devonta Smith. I agree with you guys. I mean, you know, we were drafting it as such. This is no surprise here. It was a 1A, 1B. They're very close in terms of players, wide receivers that are realistically both wide receiver ones in terms of where they could finish. Uh, let's dive into the A tier here. Another fantastic tier. We've got some names here that are typically S tier kind of players, but have fallen off a little bit. Just a little bit. I mean, they're still A tier. They're still fantastic. We start off with Amon Ross St. Brown. Over 100 yards in week two. Jamar Chase, oh man, second sub 10 fantasy point performance. And we've got the potential injury to deal with with the calf from Joe Burrow. So we've got some some fantasy managers kind of worrying around him, but he's still in the A tier because he is Jamar Chase. And we've got Devontae Adams, who bounced back fantastically with a nice 20 fantasy point performance this past week. We've got Devonta Smith, who we just talked about again. He's wide receiver seven through two games. 
He is in the A tier, locked in. Calvin Ridley coming off of a disappointing performance, but again, you know, it's a tough Kansas City defensive matchup. 5.2 fantasy points per game. We expect to bounce back from him. And Keenan Allen as well against Tennessee. Fantastic performance against that Tennessee defense. Lit up the secondary. Justin Herbert did. Eight receptions for Keenan Allen. Over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Chris Olave also in this tier. Coming off of a solid game. Six receptions on 11 targets, 86 yards. And then Pukunakua setting records through his first two games. I mean, our rookie Pukunakua, 15 receptions, 15 receptions, 20 targets, absolute insanity, nearly 150 yards. This man is like this. Cooper Cup light, not even light. He is the Cooper Cup replacement already jumping into the A tier as a rookie. Insane. But let's talk about a second year player who got off to a fantastic start last year. Uh, Chris Olave. We're going to pull him out and discuss him here. Last week's performance, it was all right. Uh, you know, he he could have done a little bit better as we were expecting for our wide receiver one. But let's talk about the rankings here. ECR has him at wide receiver 12. Pat, you have him at wide receiver 13 and then wide receiver four for Billy. Billy, why don't you start us off here? Cause I, I love Olave and clearly you do. <laughs> yeah. I love Olave. Not going to lie. This one kind of shocked me when I was looking at where he came out in the projections, his name circled on the sheet right now for somebody I need to take a deeper look at uh, as the week progresses. So there's the disclaimer. That being said, the analytics are looking great for him right now. On the season, we see, we've seen over a 30% target share. We've seen a target rate of 32.3%. He's number 10 in the league in targets right now currently. He's number eight in the league in air yards. He's number six in the league in deep targets, number seven in the league in receptions, and number two in the league in the yards of the catch the first two weeks. Um, so got to love the usage. Um, matchup isn't great, but he will not be shadowed by Jerry Alexander. Uh, as Pat and I were discussing off air that he runs in the slot quite a bit. And so we're not going to see that shadow here in week three, which is good news for Alave from a fantasy perspective. Um, so I'll definitely take a look at the ranking, but I definitely like the usage. And I think that this is within the realm of possibilities. I agree. I mean, this what we're seeing out of him has been absolutely fantastic. I would expect a nice bounce back game from Miller. I don't think it's good to look at it, but I don't think you're that far off in your analysis there and your numbers. Diving into the B tier. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, I agree with Billy Alaves. Awesome. Uh, and I don't think he's going to get a lot of Jair Alexander coverage this week. But I do wonder with the injury issues, the Saints are dealing with it running back with Jamal Williams hamstring injury. We're getting reports that Kendra Miller is probably going to be back this week, which is good. But I do wonder if we see maybe a little more Wildcat uh, from the Saints with Taysom Hill at quarterback, which maybe just lowers the ceiling a little bit for all of their wide receivers. So that's maybe why I'm a little lower on Olave than Billy is. But, um, you know, I'm I'm still pretty enthusiastic about Billy's high ranking for him since I'm so uh, heavily invested with Olave. Love it. Me too. You mentioned Kendra Miller. I feel like it's the perfect transition to talk about something else. It's fall. It's football season. And whether you're watching football in the backyard or doing my personal favorite tailgating at a college football game, there's only one thing that makes it better. It's adding Miller Lite. Miller Lite is the 96 calorie beer that tastes 
like beer and is perfectly brewed for everything fall has to offer. Miller Lite is the perfect light beer for all beer lovers. As soon as you take a sip that day, the conversation with friends is just instantly better. Whether you're watching a game at home or watching outside, outside of a stadium, live those autumn moments with Miller Lite and let the great taste of Miller Lite hit your taste buds so hard you feel it in your heart. With a Miller Lite in your hands, fall doesn't just taste great. It tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash FantasyPros. That's MillerLite.com slash FantasyPros. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right, let's jump us into the B tier here. Jalen Waddle leads off the B tier, uh, coming off of a 12.4 fantasy point performance. Again, that tough matchup that we saw against the New England defense, but he's dealing with a concussion. Fantasy managers need to monitor his progress on that. DK Metcalf, another injury concern as well with the rib injuries. So monitor that. He had a surprisingly good game considering that he was in and out of the lineup with the injury. Six receptions, six targets, 75 yards. T. Higgins with the big bounce back game in the B tier. Eight receptions. 12 targets, two touchdowns. There he is. Hopefully he can continue that in Jamar Chase in our A tier. Can also bounce back as well. Then we've got Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk dealing with a shoulder injury. Five carries. Fantastic for 38 yards. Touchdown. He also added six receptions, 63 yards. Mike Williams had a fine boom game. And then Mike Evans continues his dominating performance. 171 yards, one touchdown. We don't really have any big... Differing opinions here in this tier. So we'll go ahead and dive into the C tier where we've got a couple things that we got to talk about. Okay. We start off with Tyler Lockett. who was rarely super controversial with people that love him. Eight receptions, 10 targets, two touchdowns. He's Tyler Lockett. He just continues to thrive. Garrett Wilson. Surprisingly, one huge play saved the day for him. So not a bad performance sitting in the C tier this week. Then we have Amari Cooper ended up playing. Uh, despite the fact that he was dealing with an injury, he had a solid game. Seven receptions, 90 yards. George Pickens with the strong game. Uh, four receptions, 10 targets. Kenny Pickett a little off. But again, the big yardage touchdown, 18 fantasy point performance in the absence of Deontay Johnson. Brandon Ayuk, we mentioned dealing with that shoulder injury, is also sitting in this tier. Then we've got Chris Godwin. Another 10-point fantasy performance, perhaps his floor, perhaps there's some higher upside coming. I don't know. I think we might talk about it in a second. Michael Pittman Jr., one of my personal favorites, another strong performance, eight receptions, 12 targets. DJ Moore, we called it right here on this exact show a week ago. Bounce back game for DJ Moore out of the clutches of Jair Alexander. Six receptions on seven targets for 100 yards fantastic all right let's dive into this c tier because this is a little bit of a controversial tier here we've got uh let's start off with amari cooper pat you have got him at wide receiver 16 billy wide receiver 18 ecr wide receiver 23 what's going on with ecr why are they why are they a little bit off pat tell us about why we are buying into amari cooper this week yeah, I mean, he was questionable with a groin injury in week two. Not only did he play, he played really well. Ten targets, seven catches for 90 yards, and some of those catches were high degree of difficulty catches. So 
Great matchup against the Titans this week. I mean, the Titans have just been getting crushed in the passing game now for two straight years. I think they gave up the most fantasy points to wide receivers last year. They're already giving up the third most fantasy points, third most yards, and second most receptions to wide receivers this year. Maybe they get cornerback Christian Fulton and safety Amani Hooker back from injury this year or this week. Maybe not. And uh, they, they both missed week two. So... I mean, whether they come back or not, the Titans' pass defense is one we want to target. And, you know, Cooper is still the alpha receiver in the Browns' passing attack. Billy, how about you? Yeah, death taxes and Amari Cooper being underrated at fantasy football go hand in hand every year. Um, and I agree with Pat. This matchup is 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 juicy for the receivers in Cleveland. I know that Deshaun Watson has looked like a shell of himself yet again. That being said, Amari Cooper is seeing just a ton of work. 30.4% target rate on the season, 24% target share on the season. Um, one of the better route runners in the NFL and is always going to be able to separate from a receiver. Uh, we, we said last week, well, I didn't think he was going to play last week based upon that late groin injury addition to the injury report, but um, he played through it and still saw double digit targets. And so uh, I expect to see him uh, outperform expectations here in week three again. Yeah, we, we talked about this matchup, this Tennessee matchup, um, when we talked about running backs. It's, it's funny, you, you look at this matchup against Tennessee and you're like, okay, Obviously, Amari Cooper going to light it up, be fantastic. But we've seen some disappointment from Deshaun Watson, not looking to like the player that we expected him to be. Uh, Pat, are there any concerns around Deshaun Watson potentially holding Amari Cooper back? Possibly. I, I don't think the Deshaun Watson of 2020 is coming back. Like we've just seen enough now that I think the... I don't know if it's playing more in structure with the Browns than he did with the Texans. That's sort of not suiting his skill set, but he just does not look like the same player. So while I think he can be um, he can get the Browns where they want to go because the rest of that roster is so good. But I don't know if he can be the weekly no brainer starter for fantasy managers that he once was. Makes sense. What about you, uh, Billy? Concerns around Deshaun Watson? Does that make you? Would it be? Would it be Amari Cooper underrated as you mentioned to the moon? Higher expectations, or is is Deshaun just kind of? Is he going to be an issue here? I think Deshaun is definitely a concern at this point. He's not going to live up to the draft hype that he had in the offseason. Uh, he definitely kind of steamed up again as as we approach drafting season. But um, as they're Struggles continue. There's one thing for sure that he continues to lean into Mari Cooper. Um, and if they continue to struggle, they'll probably be in game scripts that are going to favor the passing game, which will, even if we're getting garbage time, that's good for uh, the receivers uh, and, and fantasy output, but you know, not necessarily great for Deshaun Watson. So I think that uh, um, although I do have concerns, I think that Amari Cooper is probably going to be fairly safe throughout the process. Before we move on to the next tier, we've got another player within this exact tier that we've got some controversy around here. Chris Godwin, ECR, wide receiver 25. Pat, you've got him wide receiver 24. You're right on there with ECR. And Billy, you're not feeling positively about Chris Godwin. We've got him at wide receiver 32 for you. I mentioned those statistics. He's just hovering around 10 fantasy points per game. We've seen, I mean, we've got top five Mike Evans checking in here. What are the concerns for you around Chris Godwin? 
There's a lot of concerns this week. Um, let's start at the big picture first. Mike Evans just seems to be the favorite target for Baker Mayfield at a 28.1% target share this season, where Chris Godwin has settled in about 21.9%. Um, and then we got the matchup here in week three against Philadelphia, not an easy matchup. And I think that Tampa has looked good to this point, but I think the realization sets in this week when they face a stout defense in Philadelphia. Um, I like the overall usage for Chris Godwin, but he just hasn't really separated himself from the rest of the pack. Uh, wide receiver 40 up to the season in, in fantasy points per game currently. Uh, target rate is low at 16.7%. Uh, and overall targets just in general are low at 14, which is wide receiver 38. Not seeing any air yards, you know, and, and that's not normally his game, but um, yards after the catch as well. Not seeing much in any in that regard, only at 12 yards after the catch so far for the season. Um, and so I don't know if it's just a chemistry thing with Baker right now, or if it's uh, Godwin uh, potentially losing a step as he as he's now almost 28 years old. Um, but there are some concerns for the season long outlook for Chris Godwin if Mike Evans continues to be this kind of apple of the eye of Baker Mayfield. Pat, we you know I mentioned Mike Evans and he's checking in at a top five receiver. Chris Godwin is sitting literally on the opposite end. They're so far off of where they you know have typically been in terms of wide receiver finishes recently. Are you seeing, in your opinion, are you feeling more confident that Chris Godwin is going to be able to recover and push more towards that wide receiver two territory? Yeah, I'm wondering if maybe this doesn't set up as a better Godwin game than an Evans game. I mean, the Eagles defense last year was, well, their pass rush was the best in the league, and it was historically good. I mean, I think they had the most sacks of anyone since like the 1984 Chicago Bears. And I think Baker Mayfield is going to want to get the ball out quickly. And that would seem to favor Godwin playing from the slot more than Evans. I also think the coverage is going to favor Godwin here because whereas, uh, you know, the Eagles have those outside cornerbacks, Darius Slay and James Bradbury, I think Godwin's going to be mo running most of his routes against um, second year undrafted free agent Mario Goodrich. So this does seem like a pretty good setup for Godwin relative to Evans. Maybe he gets a little bit more of the target share this week. Moving on to the D tier, we've got Terry McLaurin, who seems to have the upper hand based off last week over Jahan Dodson. 16 fantasy point performance. Nice little game for him. Zay Flowers, tough day, but pulled through with some decent yardage. 62 yards, one for receptions. Nico Collins, wide receiver six through two games. 31 fantasy point performance. I mean, the Texans are terrible, but that passing offense is rolling and moving forward. DeAndre Hopkins, eight fantasy points, was dealing with an injury, so maybe that had a little bit something to do with it. A little bit disappointing performance from him. Drake London, surprise, strong performance against Jair Alexander. Six receptions, seven targets, 67 yards, one touchdown, and then rounding out the D tier, Jerry Judy. Well, we're going to give him a little bit of a pass here back from his injury. First game back, five and a half fantasy points. He can do a little bit better, but he is sitting in the D tier. Uh, no disagreements really here. Or, you know, you guys are pretty locked on the same points of view here. We're going to move on to the E tier here, where we do have somebody that we want to talk about in particular. Um, first guy in the E tier is Jahan Dotson. Again, we talked about this just now with Terry McLaurin. His second 10 
sub 10 fantasy point performance. Disappointing, hoping for a little bit of a bounce back here. Jordan Addison also in the E tier. And again, receptions haven't been super high, but the yards, the touchdowns, he's had a touchdown in every single game this season, the first two games, doing fantastic. Then we've got Michael Thomas, strong performance. Seven receptions, 55 yards. Christian Kirk, a huge bounce back game for him. Over 100 yards. And then Christian Watson rounding out the E tier. We're just hoping that he's going to play this week. We're crossing our fingers here. But I want to talk about and pull out. We love talking about the rookies. Let's pull out Jordan Addison here and talk about him. ECR has said, this will be a fun one for us. ECR has him at wide receiver 35. Pat, you've got him at wide receiver 42. Billy, you've got him at wide receiver 50. You guys, talk talk, talk me through it. Pat, I, you can start me off here. What is, What are you guys seeing in Jordan Addison this week? Yeah, I think Billy and I both see that the surface stats are better than the underlying usage numbers for Jordan Addison. Um, seven catches, 133 yards on 11 targets so far, and he scored a touchdown in each of his first two games. But his snap share in week one was 56%. He played 22 fewer snaps than K.J. Osborne. In week two, Addison had a higher snap share, 69%, but he still played 16 fewer snaps than K.J. Osborne. Um Osborne's out there in two receiver sets. Addison is not. The usage just doesn't point to Addison being a top 40 wide receiver. And now I do like him maybe a little more than Billy does because, I mean, one, I think Addison is good. And the matchup is uh, kind of a plum matchup this week against the Chargers in what could be a shootout game. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think Addison is flex worthy this week, but I, I don't have him inside wide receiver three territory like ECR does. Billy, talk us through it. Talk us through the disappointment and uh, potential performance for Jordan Addison. Yeah, this is one that could really actually make a rankings week or really hurt a rankings week uh, be just because Pat's absolutely right. The usage just has not been there. Um, Addison has seen 13.1% of the target share uh, season to date, where in comparison, like Justin Jefferson has seen 29.8%. KJ Osborne has seen 14.3%. TJ Hawkinson has seen 20.2%. So he's number four in the pecking order uh, just based on the receivers. And if you work in Alexander Madison, who's really close to him, things could shift on a week-to-week basis based upon who's four or number five in the pecking order. And so I am just not sold on how much we've seen a usage out of him. Uh, his touchdown rate at 28.5% is unsustainable. Um, and if he doesn't get those touchdowns, then we're talking about receiver 40 through 50 on a weekly basis. Um, so that being said, it is the highest over-under of the week. Um, so... I don't like that going for me in, in comparison to where I have him being ranked right now. The total is at 53 and a half implied total for, for, for them in Minnesota right now is at 26 and a half. And so, you know, I probably need to take a look at where I have him projected for touchdown rate, but I've given him a bump inside of the spreadsheet at 10%, which is really high, but 28 and a half percent probably need to up it to 13 or 14% and see where he comes out. Um, but he's one of those guys that I just haven't been able to kind of settle in on the projections just because he's kind of breaking the model, quite frankly, with the touchdown rate. And I'm going to have to kind of hone in on the details. So this is not a finalized ranking, but uh, in terms of usage to Pat's point, the usage has not been there and it's not great. 
It's tough. He's such a promising, promising young talent, but there's so, you know, you hate to say there's mouths to feed, there's mouths to feed, but there really are. We're talking about the overall wide receiver one, the guy we were drafting as the first player off the board in our fantasy drafts. We're talking about one of the more reliable tight end, possibly the most reliable tight end thus far, a guy that we can depend on in TJ Hawkinson. And you mentioned KJ Osborne. You know, he's shown a lot of promise in the past and pulling through. So it's just so tough. The only benefit here is that the run game has been horrific. But let's dive into um hopefully not so horrific. The F tier here for wide receivers. Gabe Davis kicking us off here. He came off of it. He's in the F tier, but he's coming off that nice boom game, that Gabe Davis signature boom game, 21 fantasy points. Elijah Moore also here. We talked about Amari Cooper earlier. The targets were there for Elijah Moore last week. Uh, Nine targets, only three receptions though, and 36 yard. Disappointing performance. 2-2 Atwell also in the F tier. I don't know if anyone would have predicted that Tutu Atwell would have been in any tier prior to this fantasy season, but here we are. Wide receiver 16. Thus far, 15 fantasy points last week. Romeo Dobbs, tough day, tough matchup. Then we've also got Marquise Brown, who had a good bounce back performance there with six receptions, got the touchdown. Cortland Sutton, a little bit of an average day for him. Rashid Shahid, productive as the wide receiver three for the Saints. Four receptions, 63 yards. Traylon Burks, uh, I don't know if we can call it a bounce back. It was better than it was before. We're seeing a little bit increased involvement from him. 10 fantasy points. And then rounding out our F tier, Sky Moore with the bounce back game after um, driving us absolutely crazy in week one. In week two, as we all set him on our bench, he gave our bench a fantastic Three reception, 70 yard, and touchdown performance here. Let's talk about Sky Moore because why would we not? Come on, it's Sky Moore and these wide receivers here in Kansas City. Controversial, as always, and one of the best offenses in the league. But we've got ECR, wide receiver 47. And then Pat and Billy, again, we can, you know, this one's kind of similar to Jordan Addison. You guys are both down on him a little bit in rankings. Um, Pat, you're at wide receiver 53. Pat, you've got him at wide receiver 62. Uh, or Billy, you've got him at wide receiver 62. So, you know, Billy, why don't you start us off here with um, wide receiver 62 to 47? What are you expecting from Sky Moore? Is it the lack of consistency in the way that we just can't really rely on him thus far? Yeah, it's a lack of consistency. It's also just a lack of usage altogether. Um, he's not the receiver we thought he was going to be so far through the first two weeks of the season. Target share at 9.2% on the season, which is wide receiver 89. Only seven targets yet to date or season to date on on, on 2023, at, uh, which is wide receiver 77. Snap share only at 70.8%, which is wide receiver number 60. Target rate at 10%, which is wide receiver number 87. And route participation, only 76.9% of routes for the first two weeks, which is wide receiver number 62. Not seeing any air yards, wide receiver 81 in the air yard category at 7.9%. Um, sorry, air yard share. Air yards total 73, wide receiver 73 at 28. And so the usage is, is alarming right now. Um, there is a development with Kadaris Tony uh, and an injury, so that will definitely change things um, should he sit uh, as a rough projection right now, looking like if he does sit, it looks like Sky Moore will be bumped up to about wide receiver 39 in my projections. Um, but if he's out, um, 
out there playing, I should say, Kadir's Tony, then I'd say that Sky Moore is going to float in this 55 to 60 range come game time. So not entirely sold on Sky Moore so far throughout the season. Uh, there's just the balls being moved around the field um, and the game script against Chicago is not setting up nicely for Sky Moore altogether for, for this this week as well. Pat, how about you? Yeah, great point with Billy on the suboptimal usage for Sky Moore. I mean, he's just not commanding targets at the rate we would like to see, and he's not on the field all the time. So I guess the one thing he does have going for him is that uh, Patrick Mahomes is his quarterback. Actually make that two things because he's got a great matchup against the Bears, whose pass defense has just been trash this year. The Bears have no pass rush whatsoever. So uh, maybe he's going to have time to finally get open and draw some targets this week. All right, that wraps up our ranking show. If you want a chance to win a signed Devo Samuel San Francisco 49ers jersey, courtesy of bettingpros.com, your place to start betting smarter and not harder. You need to subscribe to the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel right now. Comment below on this video and that's it. We'll be announcing the winner right here on the channel, so make sure you turn on those notifications so you can be alerted when new episodes are up and to claim your prize. If you want to see more advice from Pat, just go check out his rankings. Go to fantasypros.com slash fits. You can find Billy on Twitter at FFMuzio. You can find Pat on Twitter at Fitz underscore FF. And you can find me there too at It's Tara Time. And make sure to check out Billy's work on Player Profiler as well. And if you have any questions about lineups or trades, we are live each and every Thursday on YouTube at 3 p.m. EST, 12 p.m. PST, taking your questions. For Pat Fitzmorris, for Billy Muzio, I'm Tara Roberts. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasypros. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! 
and even checkouts not until four so because the american express platinum card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants elevated experiences at live events and 4 p.m late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through amex travel that's the powerful backing of american express see how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com with amex terms apply